0: Radio begins in three, two, one.
1: So it's not a sin in your church to have an abortion? That's the kind of conversation we would have. Finding out your story, where you're from. God's the judge. People have to live to their own conviction. The science
2: is clear. The Bible is clear. And if we're honest, our intuitions are clear. We know what we're killing. With killing a human being.
0: It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Fair enough, I did ask for it. It's the Wretched Radio mail call, delivery bag, Q&A, infotainment, nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums and misses.
2: Any special message for all the kids watching at home?
0: What we need right now is a clear
1: message to the people of this country.
2: You have 1,200 messages.
0: That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. DeVille is here!
1: Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. Can't blame anybody but myself. Weekly encourage you to send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. And boy, did you ever. Jimmy, we received... Ooh. Many people uh-huh. encouraging us to maybe read our Old Testaments a little bit better. Do you recall Tucker Carlson was talking about the life issue, and he mentioned every society of, that we think ever existed was busy doing child sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And I scratched my head and said, "Okay, I, I, did the Jewish people ever do that?" Because it was clearly prohibited. It right. was—it's very clear in Leviticus a number of times. You don't sacrifice. You don't act like the Moloch worshipers. Right, right. And then you did a quick search. And you concluded, I didn't see anything on a regular basis.
2: No, well, the, and that's what I, I thought. That yeah,
1: you're, yeah, you're not going to wiggle out from underneath <laughs> this. You're staying underneath this bus with me because I wonder people what people sent in emails and went, oh no, there was child sacrifice that was going on in Israel. Yeah, both Israel and Judah. <sighs> Thank you, <laughs> taking our medicine. I love it. Actually, I, I, I. I Please, anytime we don't have it right or, you know, Jimmy blows it again or (laughs) that I can't, you can think of something that would be a better way to say, please send it to idea at wretched.org. So, for instance, this came in from T. T doesn't have an actual, (laughs) it's just T, who is, oh, he's a teacher at a Bible study fellowship. Leviticus 1821, do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Molech. For you must not profane the name of the Lord your God. 20 verse 2. Say to the Israelites, any Israelite or foreigner residing in Israel who sacrifices any of his children to Moloch is to be put to death. And then again in verse chapter 20 verse 3, same thing. So repeated three times. Now, here is, however, having said that and having admitted that Jimmy was wrong, the way that the Jews did it was against what? Their God told them to not do. Did that sentence even make sense? Uh. I don't know if that. God said, don't do this, and they did it. Other cultures, their gods, they thought, told them, this is what you need. You do need to sacrifice your kids. Judaism was countercultural in that regard. God said, don't do it. Did they ever disobey? And the answer to that is yes. Yes, that they did. So this was sent in from T. Israel was free of this horrible practice, but then in 1 Kings 11, Solomon's wives introduced sacrifices to the gods of Chemosh and Molech, and they were sacrificing babies to their false deity. On a hill east of Jerusalem, this is 1 Kings 11, Solomon built a high place for Chemosh and the detestable God of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable God of the Ammonites. What do you think was going on there? After the kingdom was divided, the northern kingdom continued to follow that practice. Jeroboam became the standard of evil, and everybody acted like Jeroboam. His name gets mentioned a lot as a bad example. First Kings 15, Nadab, king of Israel, did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the ways of his father and committing the same sins. Even Judah was infected by that evil. First Kings 14, there were male shrine prostitutes in the land, people engaged in all the detestable practices of the nations of the Lord. So, yep, they did, they did do these things, but it was contrary to what they had been commanded. These other religions, oh no, society would say, oh, you sacrificed your baby. Well done, good thing. We endorse and infirm that, not in Israel. Fast forward several hundred years, one of the last kings of Judah, King Manasseh, sacrifices his child, 2 Kings 21 6. He sacrificed his own son in the fire, practiced divination, sought omens, read Harry Potter, consulted mediums and spiritists. They built high places, this is Jeremiah then, they built high places for Baal to sacrifice their sons and daughters to Molech. So, Jimmy stands corrected. There were child sacrifices, <laughs> but they were detestable. They were not endorsed, affirmed, and lauded. Thank you for sending corrections to idea at wretched.org. All right, Well, uh, you're, not, you're just going to let it go? I, I'm, I am. You are just going to let me get away with that, that abuse of you. I extend grace to you, Todd. Well, that just makes me feel feel bad <laughs> miserable but that does right there
2: <laughs> all right let's uh, let's start with marissa marissa has a question she
1: said i'm sorry jimmy <laughs> i shouldn't have thrown you under the buzz i didn't know either <laughs> I you, sometimes you forget stuff you know what's amazing at, at, at old testament references go read a puritan sermon you will be shocked at what they pull out as as demonstrations of the new testament text they're preaching from You see, these days in pulpits, pastors use movie clips, cultural references. No, 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 not the Puritans. They would, okay, so what I'm talking about here, turn back to 2 Kings, and you'll see, and it's like, whoa, how did you even find that? We would all do well to not unhitch our Old Testaments, but to study them even better. Idea at wretched.org. All
2: right, for Marissa, Todd, uh, at my church, we have only one teenage girl and one teenage boy. Since we don't have any programs for youth, we don't have a youth pastor. As a woman, would I be permitted to begin a class for these teenagers? Would it make any difference if it was a worldview class rather than a Bible study?
1: Well, I'm not sure that the contents are the issue besides a worldview study, unless, by the way, you are just talking about other worldviews and never comparing them to Christianity, which I doubt you intend to do. It's it's still teaching, and teaching is always an authoritative role, and that's the issue. 1 Timothy 2.12, it's preaching and exercising authority over a man. Now we can, I get it, we can debate, when is a boy a man? I still like the rule, when his father says so, but that 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 year has changed, so I understand differences of opinion on that, but I think we always want to exercise as much caution as possible Well, then how's about 11? Uh, 11, but they've already gone through puberty. Well, that's, that's, that's not my posture as a believer. I want to stay as far away from that line as possible while not throwing liberty into the trash can. And I think in this particular instance, if you've got teenagers, so I'm assuming 13 and up, and it's going to be a boy in the class, it's in the church. I also think context is is an important consideration, not the only one, but is it in the church? Is it in a classroom at a school? Is it with a homeschool? It's, 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 it's not the ultimate determiner, but it's a part of the package of consideration. So I think in the church, teaching anything biblical with a teenager you're going to have to find a man who can who can do that play that role or if you would like to disciple that young lady rock on cool we affirm that we laud that no we encourage that and i'm telling you if we have ever needed titus chapter 2 godly women to be discipling younger women i'm telling you the time is now why because Most young people are hearing no other voice than that which they hear from their cellular device. And they are being hammered. Last night, two nights ago, hello, what time is it? Where am I? What am I doing here? We were doing Bible study using Heath Lambert's The Great Love of God. And God shows his love by giving us gifts. And one of the gifts that he gives to us is a reputation. God is the one who defines who we are, how He views us, what His attitude is toward us, and when you glean through the Bible and all of the descriptors that we receive by being in Christ, you're a king, you're a priest, you are your God's jewels, you're a conqueror, you're elect. Whoa, whoa, you mean? That's my reputation with the one that matters? Whoa! And if we aren't downloading that message from older women into the ears of younger women, all they hear are you're fat, you're stupid, you're ugly, you don't have enough friends, you don't go on cool vacations, your clothes are out of date. That is the message that the world is giving them. We need a counter. And I would encourage you if you are older, do not go sell seashells by the seashore and just unplug from the church stay in the game find a way to talk to teenagers and young adults you know, you know, don't be don't be creepy scary hey you want to get together and talk about the bo- hey i would love it if we could maybe do coffee sometime and if you're a young person you would do well identify those women in your church who look godly and say would you help me would, would you download your wisdom to me? And I'm telling you, we need that relationship now more than ever. This is Wretched Radio. So you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally? Well then, we'll let Paul Washer convince you you have to support men who are elder qualified proclaimers
2: of the word when we support a man coming out of tmai we know not only that he is properly trained but we know that he will still be supervised
1: would you please join tmai the masters academy international in advancing the good news of the gospel of jesus christ through expository preaching in local churches around the globe? It's a magnificent ministry and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for supporting indigenous pastors
2: around the world. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. Listen, I know you love listening to Wretched Radio, and your support means absolutely everything to this ministry. But today, I'm hoping you'll prayerfully consider taking the next step by becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. As someone who's been changed by the gospel, you know its power, but there are so many people who have not heard it or understood it yet, and that's why we exist. We're on a mission to reach the lost through culturally compelling productions that are completely biblical. And With your help we can do even more more programs more books more outreach more lives changed by the gospel of our lord jesus christ and as a donor supported ministry we rely on faithful friends just like you and when you give generously and consistently you make our work possible so if you would would you consider partnering with us financially pray about it and if the lord leads slash donate
1: We can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please, do your research. Visit MediShare.com slash wretched, MediShare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, eight four four three four bible eight four four three four 34 bible
0: Important Dates in Christian History 1436 Johann Gutenberg produces the first printed Bible, and his press becomes a means for dissemination of new ideas and catalyzing changes in politics and theology. Without the printing press, the Reformation may have looked very different. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Yes,
1: yes you can still send corrections, comments, conundrum snarks to idea at wretched.org, and we will receive them. Gratefully, idea at wretched.org.
2: All right. We start off with Joel, who says, Todd, as Christians, how could we find comfort when grieving the loss of a non-believing loved one? And also, how should we respond when non-Christians offer us reassurance by saying the deceased is in a better place? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Let's do the latter one first. You don't need to correct everything at particular times. You know, you don't affirm it. You don't deny it. Just, right. just another comment that is just probably not worth getting into a tangle over. Unless, of course, you want to use it as an evangelistic opportunity. They're everywhere. You just need to be listening. So what was the co- when the person said uh, that they're in a better place? Right, right. Oh, that's interesting. What do you think that better place is? Where? How do you know that? How does one get to that better? What what, what qualifies one as going to the, is there a bad place? So you can use it evangelistically, but to, to, you know, well, that isn't exactly right because you see there's wheat and tares, there's sheep and goats, there's a broad road and there's a narrow road. I probably wouldn't go down that path, but I could use it evangelistically. However, the bigger question, how does a Christian grieve when you lose a loved one who isn't saved? Because when we lose a believer, we grieve with hope. Now, notice, we still grieve. That's there. It's not like, hey!
2: Not time for that.
1: I just hit the table. Did you see that? I did not hit the button.
2: Uh, Satan's in the audio system. Okay.
1: The prince and the power of the airwaves. Let's see if I can do it again. What was... Uh, um Hey! You need to... You know, my third grade teacher, I never understood that. She used to get so furious. We were such a rotten class. Okay. I was such a rotten kid and she would regularly be out in the desks dealing with kids and what have you. And the the din would get so loud. She couldn't take it anymore. She always wore a dress and those medium-sized heels, very sensible. And she would walk to the desk and she would slam her hand on the desk. Quiet. And then she would write on the board. Perfect penmanship, I will be quiet seventy five times, and then we all had to take out our paper. I will be quiet, I will be quiet, and all that did was make me want to talk more because that 's what the law does. It never worked i don 't know how she did that, that hurt my hand, but real bad. We grieve still as believers, but we we have hope because we know in a twinkling of an eye we 're going to see that loved one, but what about grieving? When there isn't hope, Uh, I, I think probably we just have more grief would be one aspect of it. And this is the harder aspect, however. I think we need to try. This is not easy, especially in a time of grief. That is why we always do well to get our theology straight when we are not in a bad situation. Get the doctrine of sovereignty down before sovereignly God does something, permits something, that is hard for you. Study his benevolence and his goodness in conjunction with his sovereignty so that you realize what God ordains is always good before you get yourself into a pickle. Now, this is what I think we could work on so that when we do lose a loved one who isn't saved, we have the same mindset we're gonna have when we're in heaven. How is it that we're gonna be in heaven, there'll be no tears, when we are fully consciously aware that our loved ones are in hell, we're not, we're not gonna be up there going, oh, such a bummer they're down there. Instead, we are going to affirm the verdict that was rendered by the just judge of all the, all the earth. That, and it's like, yep, that is exactly right. That is precisely where that person should be because we are going to see eternity through a perfect lens of justice. And hell is precisely the right lot for eternity for those who reject God's grace, sin constantly, willingly, hatefully. Is that easy to do? And the answer is no, it's not. It's it that it, it is a hard one. You're gonna get it in heaven. You really will. You will you will get this in heaven if you're in heaven and somebody gets ushered into the presence of King Jesus, and he renders the verdict, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you, and you watched it happen, you're going to applaud. (coughs) Not a slow clap. (coughs) Yes, yes, well done, Lord. Thank you for your righteousness and your holiness and your goodness and your justice. That is exactly right now. How do we adopt that attitude and increase our ability to understand that here? I would be rather, um, well, untruthful if I said it's easy, because I think it's really hard for us because we love these people. And it's just, it's so grievous. And so that's why I would encourage let's try to grow in our understanding of the rightness of the doctrine of hell and understand that if we lose a loved one who isn't saved, it's really okay to grieve and grieve. A lot. Jimmy, if you'd be kind enough to read a long one, I'm gonna try to grab a bag of ice for my hand.
2: Okay, I'm on it. <laughs> How did you put huh? you push the button?
1: I did not push the button. Admit it. Play the tape back. <laughs> okay. I did that. This that's pushing the button. Okay. This right. is different. <laughs>
2: That. <laughs> all right. Our next question is from Anonymous. Todd, my two-year-old daughter watches cartoons and kin shows on TV all day from morning to night. Mm. I believe this is negatively affecting her behavior, mm. making her hyper aggressive and keeping her up at night, mm. which disrupts our neighbors. Yeah. My spouse disagrees and refuses to limit TV time. What advice can you offer for handling this disagreement and getting my daughter's TV time under control?
1: Get a bucket and a rope. And start going down into the well of your wife's heart to find out why. I think she would agree with you. It's not good. We're just working on this fellow's descriptor. That it's not good for a kid to sit like a zombie in front of a TV screen watching cartoons which have plenty of messages that are anti-biblical. Do not be deceived. They're everywhere. I mean, relational issues, how friends treat one another. The violence that is even in Road Runner cartoon—that stuff just getting in, there, getting in there, getting in there, getting in there—and I think your wife, if if she could like really express how she feels about it, would say, "Yeah, okay, it's 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 not ideal." So then the question is, why does she permit it, and perhaps even argue for it? What's going on in there? Is she feeling overwhelmed? Is she feeling that it is very difficult? to run the household and amuse the child? Does she feel unqualified as a mother? Is it possible she's being really lazy? Is it possible that she's being selfish? Get your bucket, get a long rope and go digging. Honey, let's let's talk not about our child watching television, but let's talk about why you and I disagree on this. What's going on? What's going on? And lovingly ask questions. And I think that that approach is going to be far superior uh, than just you you can, sir, you could throw down the spiritual leader card. You you can do that. Uh, But I think that a spiritual leader really seeks to do something more than just getting uh, performance standards met. It's it's helping and discipling and and counseling even our spouses. So, sir, get your bucket and your rope and find out what's going down there. Jimmy, you got something to say? I can tell you got Uh, that posture. No, I was just
2: wondering. uh, I agree with what you're saying. That's that's not wrong. But uh, and I don't know how far this gentleman has uh, or what all he's tried uh, thus far. But I think uh, even before having that direct conversation, uh, if he's not leading. Uh, in other ways, right, right. So, so if you're not doing family worship type yeah, stuff, right. if you're not discipling your wife directly, how about spending some time in the Word with her, and and just seeing how that goes? Because maybe her mind starts to turn around.
1: Jimmy, what? Just when I thought you couldn't get any dumber, <laughs> you go ahead and redeem <laughs> yourself. Uh, that's uh, actually brilliant, dude. No, yeah. that's 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 spot on. This really makes up for the Molech Biff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking. No, that, the, the, mm, this is why, sir, you do well to get together with other fellows because they're going to bring everything that I think is limited. So do you. So Jimmy brings this perspective. Hey, wait a second. You might not even need to begin there. You know, maybe you're being neglectful in your duties. Get on that and see what impact that has. Here's I would okay I'm going to springboard of, off of your really wise admonition. How's about making sure that you are helping and serving as much as you can. Mm. Take a look this is looking at the at, the, at it, through the a different lens here, different angle. Are 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 you helping with the child? Uh, is it possible you're just coming home, plopping down, and what's the kid been doing all day? Watching TV? Well, Give me the clicker. It's my turn. <laughs> so, see how you're doing first. That is a great piece of advice. And wow, am I glad it's time for a break because I'm going to need to recover from that Jimmy compliment. This is Wretched Radio.
2: And it's now time for a Wretched News break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Next week, kindergartners. Yep. Kindergarteners. Also, first graders in Los Angeles are going to be wrapping their minds around their identities as part of National Coming Out Day. Oh, the kids are going to be crafting up identity maps about themselves or just drawing pictures. Uh, Oh, well, I can't forget to mention the Rainbow Club. It magically convenes after school on Wednesdays. The function of this club, well, it's to give students a different flavor of the rainbow. Not the Skittles kind, but the one associated with LGBT. Now from the colorful classrooms to the world of sports, where Riley Gaines, a former college swimmer, decided to create a new holiday called Real Women's Day. The date? October 10th. Why that date, you ask? Well, it's because 1010 resembles XX the chromosome configuration for biological women. That's pretty clever. Gaines was apparently miffed about Women's History Month, including trans women in the celebration, and felt that there should be a day solely devoted to women born with XX chromosomes. Because those are who the women are. And moving on to the Grace Hopper celebration. Don't know if you've heard about that, but this Grace Hopper celebration is the world's largest conference for women in tech. This year, some of the attendees identified as non-binary, which caused a stir as you can imagine. The debate now revolves around keeping the conference women exclusive or including anyone who doesn't identify as a man. (laughs) Either way, it's about to get heated. And if you thought finding Waldo was hard, try finding family-friendly shows on Netflix or Amazon. A recent study has shown that less than 15% of their content is suitable for the entire family. That essentially means that for every 10 shows, only one and a half won't make you blush in front of your kids. And people wonder why the Great American Family Network is doing such good business at the moment. And now we go back to Uganda. Unfortunately, we've had some terrible news come out of that country this week. Even more now, an elderly couple traded their Islamic beliefs for Christianity. That's praiseworthy and worth celebration. But instead of presents and praise and congratulations, they got threats from their relatives. They had to vacate their home and leave their belongings behind. Thankfully, a compassionate pastor did help the couple relocate. But as we tell you daily, pray for our brothers and sisters abroad. And remember, in America, persecution doesn't look like this quite yet. It may someday, but right now, our brothers and sisters in other countries face persecution like this from their family. Most of us don't. Pray for them. Pray for them fervently. And that's today's Wretched News break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. <laughs>
0: books of the Bible. God called the prophet Jonah to preach repentance in Nineveh. Jonah fled, but he could not outrun God. He was cast into the sea and swallowed by a great fish. Jonah repented, and God spared him. Jonah then preached in Nineveh, and they repented. God is compassionate and merciful, and He is calling men from all nations to repentance. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You know, Lloyd... Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this
1: and totally redeem yourself. This is Russian Radio. Jimmy, got to tell you, mate, that was really helpful because my immediate response to the wife who wants the kid to sit in front of the TV all day Versus the husband who doesn't was, well, figure out why your wife feels that way. And you suggested maybe you need to take a look and see how you're doing in your role. Mm-hmm. And it, maybe the answer really is both of those things. Nevertheless, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> you get one a year. Well, I, I, have to, I have to confess, like men's group stuff, NAF. I, I just, uh, okay, so you're not, you're not fond of that. But do you have any friends that you hang out with and talk about family issues, how you're doing in your walk issues? And not to be gender exclusive, madam, do you have any girlfriends where you can talk about familial issues, where you can talk about how you're doing in your walk of sanctification? It really does us well to get together, sometimes mixed company, but sometimes same sex. Isn't it funny? Even saying that, it's like, I'm not sure I should say that (laughs) these days because it automatically means something totally different. You do well to find wisdom in other men. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, corrections. To ideaatwretched dot org. All right,
2: this uh, this question from Kyle
1: uh, Todd. Some Christians
2: talk about being raw with God and express it through venting, complaining, mm-hmm. even cursing at God. Mm-hmm. They say this shows authenticity uh-huh. and raw emotion toward sure. our creator. Yeah. What's your view on believers being raw with God in this way?
1: Yeah, you know what? I'm authentically strangling somebody by the neck. <laughs> what does is, what is authenticity have to do with right behavior or wrong emotion or an incorrect expression or a blasphemous sentiment aimed at God? Being honest and raw with yourself. Well, your honesty is really bad and it needs to change. We talked about this, I think, just the other day. And Mary and Martha, we see Jesus, having delayed because he loved them, come to the basically the funeral of his friend Lazarus. And they didn't ask him a question. They kind of couched it in, Lord, if you hadn't delayed, our brother wouldn't have died, which sounds a lot like a question. And Jesus doesn't rebuke them. You can have an honest heart, Lord. I'm so confused. Well, my son, my daughter they've gone astray my spouse is help me i why why what do you want me help god will listen to that prayer all day every day but if you want to slap a label on sinful sentiments and say that it's justified because you're being raw okay god i'm really ticked here not a chance idea at wretched.org
2: All right, this is from Evan. Uh, Todd, as a Christian man pursuing marriage, how long should I date a woman before considering engagement in marriage?
1: As long as is required. Uh, first, First thought, what does the Bible say about a dating period, an engagement period, a betrothal period? Well, it doesn't give, now, by the way, we do see betrothal, obviously, Mary and Joseph. We also know from first century culture and customs that there would be a commitment we are going to get married but then typically listen listen for the for the eschatological picture that's being painted with marriage the husband would go away from his beloved back to his father's house where he would prepare a home for his bride and then at a time the father determined would send the Groomsman to make the announcement, the groom is coming, the groom is coming, and enter the groom who then would be joined together with his bride to take her back to his father's house to dwell forever. Hmm. Does that, does that sound familiar? The marriage motif and eschatology, it is quite vivid. But does that mean that it needs to be a year, six months? Well, they did it in Israel. Don't forget, even when we go about the business of understanding the history and the context of conversations on a particular subject, the history and the context do not sit on top of scripture. So, for instance, let's just say in first century Israel, when we see betrothal, then marriage, that it was a year. Okay, we, we've we unearthed that it was it was a year. Question, does the Bible say that's what it has to be? And the answer is no, it doesn't. So how long should your betrothal be, your engagement be? Or how long should you wait before you give me? All of those things should be worked out. Brace yourself for this in the context of your local church, with people who love you, and in the context of your family. I know that is crazy talk. I know it. Because you have been told, oh, no. Stand on your own two feet. Jettison those dodos that raised you. Don't do it. Don't do it. You will have consumed a lie that will hurt you for the rest of your life. Let them in. Yes, I know that there can be times when you can't because of their their genuine toxicity, but don't believe the lie that every single parent is toxic just because they want to speak into your lives. Let them help you and then decide. It could be shorter. It could be longer. Every situation is different. Don't you love the liberty of the Bible idea at wretched.org. All right, uh, this next question. I Thought you were going to say something.
2: Oh, oh no, I was just going to. Um, yeah, see, I knew it. I was just going to know you, Jimmy. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, instead of focusing on a timeline, I would focus more on your spiritual maturity. Oh yeah, 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 and your readiness for it. Um, like you said, ask your ask your church family; they they'll guide your timeline. Um, what's wrong?
1: I. Don't know that uh, okay, I could take one really wise comment from Jimmy. <laughs> Two in one pro- I don't. Huh. I'm oh, I think I'm getting a migraine. I'm sorry. That's good too, dude. That's good that's that's good stuff. Idea at wretched.org.
2: All right. This is from Anonymous. Uh, Todd, I attend a women's Bible study group. A person I believe to be a man has also been attending. I brought this to the lead. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I want to make sure we get this. And and by the way, if you wrote this and we biff it, well then don't apply anything that we might (laughs) utter. So it's a woman's Bible study and a guy who's presenting as a woman. Right,
2: right, right, right. All righty then. Yeah, and uh, she says I brought this to the leadership but they won't address it since the person's gender isn't really confirmed. Controversial or political topics are never discussed in this environment, yeah. so I'm wondering if I should keep attending uh, or uh, to try to share the truth or just leave.
1: Yeah, well the the question is whose Bible study is this? Is it in your church or is this one of those community BSF sort of affairs? I don't know. So we'll have to paint the context as best we can here. Um speaking truth in love doesn't mean that we avoid hard conversations because we think it's not loving. Uh, isn't it true that some of the most beneficial conversations we've ever had were hard? Because we grow and we gain and we change and we learn. Uh, we've got to be able to have these conversations. Now the question is how do you do it? Answer in love. Hey person who's coming to the Bible study, I'd love to get to know you. Wanna go get a coffee when we're done? And then talk to them and you're gonna know and you're gonna discover whether it's a it's a dude who looks like a lady or if it's actually a woman who maybe just happens to have more masculine features. Then you can have a conversation. If it turns out to be a lady, well then no problem, confirm it. Do we care for this person? Now let's just say, It actually is a man who is thinking that he's actually a woman because he wears a dress. Do we want to ignore that? That that, that person? We We know many things already. That person is in peril. That person is experiencing some confusion. And that person somehow is attracted to a Bible study. So what if it turns out to be a man who is a woman? Lovingly, you can speak the truth and say, oh... Thank you for sharing that. Would you please start coming to our church? We would love to have you be a part of our church because we'd love to help you grow. We'd love to help you get some things sorted out. Well, we, we, we would love to be a, a community where you can visit and you can learn and, and feel loved. And simultaneously, just like for all of us, well, we're gonna go to work on sin areas in all of our lives. And and in the meantime, um, come to church, come come to worship, uh, but you can't go to a woman's Bible study because well the, the adjective makes it clear it's a woman's Bible study, and because you're not, we would simply ask you don't don't be attending that. But come on, let's go let's go to church. Let's do this. Do we we would love to be a part of your life. These conversations can be had without it being acrimonious. Now might the individual get mad? And he hits you with his purse yeah the answer yep it, it could happen but that's on him not on you speaking truth in love and by the way this would this might be the rule that we can pull away forget the guy who maybe is a girl Or girl who whatever any of these situations communication resolves almost all of them this is wretched radio Busy, busy, busy! Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92 Thousand ultrasounds 54,000 babies were saved 69 ultrasound machines were placed 10,000 people responded to the gospel i
2: was very unsure of what i was doing when i came in and by the end of the appointment rosemary had talked to me she had actually prayed with me because she had asked me like do you know about jesus because i was telling her i don't feel like god's gonna forgive me for this one
1: pre-born ministries very busy saving babies saving souls would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries, $28 per ultrasound and Preborn Ministries uses good equipment, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with Preborn. Please consider supporting Preborn at preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched.
2: Hey, hey, well, October is here. That means pumpkin spice everything, everywhere you look. Plus, that also means football season's in full swing. Oh, and of course, the Devil's Day is coming up. That's right, Halloween is coming up, and I don't have to tell you that sugar hype kids are going to be coming knocking on your door whether you like it or not, so you better be prepared. We've got a way to help you send them soaring higher than any cavity-induced candy you could ever give them. I'm talking about giving them gospel booklets from Wretched. You can give them the treat of all treats this Halloween, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. 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 And you don't have to skip the candy if you don't want to. No, you don't have to. You can actually include it with the gospel booklets, but gospel booklets are on sale right now in the Wretched Store, as low as 99 cents per booklet, now through the 25th. And you'll want to order by the 25th, so you'll have them in time for the Devil's Day. That's Halloween. Get them before they're gone at Wretched.org.
0: God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is exhortation, the spiritual ability to encourage, comfort, and admonish God's people. Whether God's people are oppressed, confused, or in error, God has provided the gift of exhortation to comfort, urge, and correct them. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
1: Well, it's a good old-fashioned Christmas miracle. Beep. This is Wretched Radio. That's the number of the old toll free, which you can still call and leave a message. We hope you do. 1 877 282 beep. Or. <gasps> Are you okay? I'm going to make it. You can text now. Yep. Finally, 1 877 282 beep. Instruct me. I don't know how this gizmo thing works. It's the same as sending any other text. All right, so I go to my text machine, which uh-huh. I now have out.
2: That's right. Uh-huh. 1877. Yeah, okay. 282. Yeah. Beep. No, well, I can't do that. 2337.
1: Okay, because my phone thing, it doesn't have the numbers on there. Okay. All right, so 1877. 282. 282-2337. Uh-huh. And you can send a text. That's right. All right, Jimmy. Yes? Let's see if it's working. I just sent a text. You just sent it. Oh, you the man.
2: Oh, you said you love me too. Aw. Oh. That's so sweet. Let's,
1: let's let's not get carried away here. I meant the Utah man in a Nathan kind of way. Okay, that's what I meant. One eight seven seven two eight two beep. You can call, leave a message. Hope you do. Or one eight seven seven two eight two two three three seven. Very exciting. The tech. If only we were as fast as technology around here. Hello. Hey Todd. I'm in a leadership position at my church, and I have come across. A few things
2: I don't like about my church, and i'm I decided on leaving. The gospel isn't isn't expositive as much as it should be. I became the choir director and the song leader, so I lead congregational singing. I don't know how I should go about stepping down from my position. should I step down and leave or just have a meeting with the pastor and just leave. Um, how should
1: I go about this? My question would be, how would you like to be left? if somebody, that you relied on, that you trusted, that you loved, just left. You'd be hurt by that. So don't do that. What about a conversation? Let's say that they came to you and go, I had it with this, with you, I'm done. You'd be hurt by that too. But what if the person who intended to leave you came to you instead and said, hey, could we talk about some things? Because, well, I've I've got a kind of a, a wrestling match going on in my heart. I I love this church. I love these people. And I love the privilege of leading worship. But I'm noticing some elements that are missing that I think are regulated by God himself. Can we talk about those things? And then you'll have some clarity. It'll be above board. You will have a conversation. I'm telling you, I know these things are awkward. I believe me. I know it. And even, I'm sorry, but I think even people who are pretty bold there's always a rumbling in your gut it's like oh, yeah yeah so work on your heart work on your heart and then work on your heart make sure that you are you are conversing with them confronting them out of love and if you do that then you'll be able to make a decision because maybe it's just been a blind spot or maybe the pastor's going to go wait seriously i'm not i thought i was Oh, I'm going to go back and re-listen to something. Could you maybe listen? To, would you listen to five sermons and point out where I should have and I didn't and what? And look at that. Lo and behold, you've had a conversation that helped. Communication in the church and in marriage and in friendships. One eight seven seven two eight two. 282 Hey, Mr. 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 Oh, I blew it, Jimmy. What? Oh. What did you do? Oh. I'm a horrible talk show host. Why? You see, Jimmy, I thought that that fellow was going to say that the deficiency in his church was that they never hand out gospel booklets. <laughs> oh, oh uh, you did blow it. And they never promote <laughs> making sure that when the kids come to your door for Halloween trick or treats, you give them the best treat there is. And that is the gospel which is contained in all of our booklets, which are on sale and available at wretched.org. I'm ashamed of myself.
2: Hey, Mr. 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 Ad Nauseam Friel. The other day you said uh, that leaving your church was unacceptable,
1: or one of your friends did, and I have to disagree. I- oh, okay, I, I, that was with Mike Fabaras. I, I, I'm, I'm anxious to hear what he has to say because just, just maybe to defend Mike, he didn't say never leave your church. There are there are times, so let's let's see which instance this fellow's disagreeing with.
2: I started going to church and for three years I was a pew sitter and we lost our pastor and then our associate pastor and the co pastor was preaching some stuff and just it, it was a huge mess and I felt called to go to a different uh, church and I did and since then i've gotten involved in several ministries of outreach i found my wife and got married to her i'm a deacon in my church i'm being put forward as an elder and i'm studying to be a pastor all cuz god called me to come to this church so while, yes we should strengthen our local churches i politely disagree
1: with you sir well it was first of all it was it was mike fabares and his admonition was trying to hang in there i think it was specific so sir your i think your context is you don't have a pastor can i go and his encouragement was try to stay be there because then when you do get a pastor you've shown that commitment you have acted as a stabilizing force and encouragement inside of the body to other believers so try to stay mike never said that there would never be times when you should when you could leave your church because in your instance sir I probably before I skedaddled would be asking, why is everybody abandoning ship here? What's going on? Because there could be enough smoke where there is a blazing fire and you should leave your church. There are times you should do it. The encouragement from a shepherd was do everything you can to stay as opposed to just skedaddling out the door. So, sir, trusting that you didn't do that. I think we have agreement, and I'm really, really glad that you found yourself a really good church. Mr. 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 times, I don't know, 50. Real. I have a conundrum. I have a friend
2: who has subtly expressed that he wants more out of his local church. He currently attends what you might
1: refer to as a silly center. I would, too. They have low membership expectation, emphasize fun, and minimize God in the gospel, although they would claim to make much of God if confronted about it. Although I don't like his church, it's not heretical, and it
2: isn't false teaching, but it doesn't take its role seriously, and it's very squishy. On one hand, I'd love to see him out of there and in the church I serve and love, or at least a more biblical church. On the
1: other hand, I don't want to be a cherry picker of sorts, especially causing any kind of more spiritually damaging transition period or church homelessness. What say you, Mr. 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 Freel? I'm a little bit conflicted, just like you appear to be. And I think that's the right posture. We don't want to be taking people out of a church that isn't a radical, to put them into a church that we think is better. Is that like a good move? Sometimes. Sometimes it's better to stay. And he commits to his local church. Is he a member there? Was he baptized there? Is he just a regular attender there? And so the move should be made really, really slowly. And because I would want to be careful that I'm not the instigator of the move, which may or may not be biblical. And look, there, as Mike Fabares, he and I were talking, there's just some times when you should leave a church. Let's just say you're just like this fellow's friend. And all you, like your church, it's like suddenly you realize, boing, your eyes are open. This place is just kind of dopey. Can you leave? Yes, you can. But it should be done deliberatively. It just shouldn't be. We we have got to, myself included. We have got to get out of the mindset of being consumers. I I know it's cliche, but I'm I feel it too. So do you. We all do. We we are baked in our culture, and we are a consumer culture, and we bring that into the church. If the product is not to my satisfaction, I want my money back, or I'm going shopping someplace else. That is our propensity. It always has been. It's super easy these days. Thanks to the automobile and social media, you can go shopping all over the place and never settle or land. We got to get rid of that mindset. Having said that, there are some times when you can go, if I were you, sir, I think I'd be slow to like encourage the move. Let the Holy Spirit do his work. If he wants you as a sounding board for wisdom, By all means, engage with that. Help him out. Just be careful that you aren't tugging him away from a church that isn't heretical. Please note, your mileage may vary. Some silly centers are sillier than others. But there can be times when it's just plain better to stay there. Does he have family? Does he have kids? How far is the drive to your church for... All of those things need to be pondered. And if you're going to be better than Job's counselor friends, um be be wise. Share wisdom when he asks, but don't be the guy to rip him out. Jimmy, you got a look on your face. Oh no, I was just agreeing with what you were saying. I mean Oh, is it, that, that look? Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's right. That's right. I mean, he 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 realizes and recognizes that his friends go into a Silly center, right? But his friend doesn't. So he, well, it he sounds needs like
1: to- even his friend though is saying, you know, like kind of uh, would like to be doing. So he's growing, and that can be a reason. Again, just let's all agree to slow hmm. our roll. <laughs>
2: So let me get this right. You stand up while doing your radio Mm -hmm. show. Yes. But you got to sit down at Marshall's while your wife is shopping.
1: Mm -hmm. No contradiction there whatsoever in my mind. And that settles it. (laughs)
2: Can't sit on the furniture.
1: Gentlemen, gentlemen, I got a tip for you. Because retailers foolishly have taken out chairs and benches so that their husbands will be happy while their wives shop. You want a place to sit? A luggage department. You're welcome. Until tomorrow, go serve your King.